All right, so a little bit, um, a little bit of background to appreciate what the Gemara is talking about. We know that um, the general rule is that a person uh, violates a lav, sheyesh by kares, right? A person violates a lav where the punishment will be kares. So if he does it, obviously b'mezid, then that's kares. If he does it v'shaygeg, so if it's a lav that has a violation of kares, if he does it v'shaygeg, he brings a chatas. Okay, now the source for that, sort of the, 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 the example that we know from Chumash, that from there we learn everything else out, is Avadizara. The, the Pasuk says Mefurish, that if a person commits Avadizara, B'shogeg, you have to bring a chatas. And so that's the, that's the Makar, because Avadizara is an Avera, which carries Karis for it, and that's where you bring chatas if it's B'shogeg, so that's the, that's the Makar. So the Gemara on, on Yud Gimel Beis, Yud Dalar Menaf, and so on, is trying to figure out when it comes to a carbon Pesach or let's say Brismila, we're focused on let's say Brismila, those are mitzvahs also that carry karis, right? They're unique, they're unique. Good morning, just got started. So the carbon Pesach uh, and Brismila are unique in the fact that they're, they're mitzvahs that you have to do, and if you don't do them, then they carry karis. So the Gemara was thinking, listen, it sort of fits the model of the Zara. It's something you're, you know, it's a mitzvah that carries cars with it. So maybe if you neglect to do brismila on yourself, let's say, or a karm pesach, you should be chayv cars. So that's what the Gemara on Yugimon Beis is talking about, whether mila and pesach could be compared to avodah in terms of it fitting that model of it being a mitzvah that has cars and it would be chayv achatas. Okay? That's the, that's the concept. So the Gemara says, no. The Gemara says that pesach and mila does not fit avodah Okay, why not? So the Gemara gives a couple possibilities of how it's not the same, right? Again, the Gemara is saying over here, just to quickly, that uh, we know that, it, that if that Avodizara, the Pasuk says that if you commit Avodizara, if you violate that prohibition, then you bring a chatas if you did it b'shogeg. And so that's the poster child to learn such an idea from. And now the question is, what about carbon Pesach and Mila? Would you have to bring a chatas if you don't bring a carbon pesach or you don't uh, do a bris meal on yourself? Would that also be chayv achatas? Is that similar to avodizar? Does it fit all the? Does it check all the boxes? So the gemara says no. It does not check all the boxes, and you would not be chayv achatas for a violation of those mitzvahs. Why not? What boxes don't it check? So the gemara gives a couple possibilities. First, one possibility is that it's not a lav. You might have kares that it has that box it checks, but doesn't have a lav. Avodizar is a lav; it's a prohibition. And Mila and Pesach is a mitzvah right? So it doesn't fit that box. It's not exactly fitting of the Zohar. You don't get chatas. You don't have a chayv chatas. That's one possibility of the Gemara. The other possibility is that maybe even if we're not so hyper-focused on whether it's a lav or an assay, but it's different in terms of whether you're supposed to be doing something versus not doing something. Avodizar is shevi atasa, right? That's usually what a say is. Don't do something. Don't serve by the Zohar. You violated it by being proactive. So then, that's when you bring a chatas. Mila and Pesach, you violated it by being inactive. I didn't do what I was supposed to do. So that also doesn't fit, doesn't check the boxes of, of a desire. Okay, that's the Gemara. It's pretty much straightforward. But what's clear from the Gemara is, is that the box that it certainly does check, that's not a debate, is Karis. That it does check, right? Because of a desire has Karis. And Mila as a violation, if you violate Mila, you don't bring, you don't, you don't give yourself a bismillah, then there's karis. Pesach, if you don't have a Pesach, it's karis. Is that for sure checks? So the question is, what about the other boxes? 
this is a license say, this is an essay, this is a, a, an obligation to not do something, it's an obligation to do something. So those things don't fit. But karis, karis is karis. Taisvis on Yudaladam and Aleph raises an issue that maybe karis is also a box that at least prismila doesn't fit. Pesach for sure has karis, right? You don't bring a car in Pesach, you get karis. So that box, it fits in terms of the Zara. What about Mila? Taisus is dealing with a subtle question, which is, when exactly would you be chai of Mila, chai uh, of karis, for not giving yourself a bris Mila? Again, karis we usually associate with, you know, well, the person's alive, right? You didn't have Vera, and now you're obligated karis. Well, any single moment of every single day throughout the, rest of, throughout the course of a person's life, he could theoretically give himself a bris Mila. So at what point... Do we say, oh, you violated bris mila, now you're chayv karis. Like, okay, I didn't give myself bris mila yet. Bit lay, bit lay, bit lay. Well, the question is, at what point, yeah, at what point can I say with certainty, I was mavatal, the mitzvah bris mila, to say that now I'm chayv karis? Well, as long as I'm alive, right, which is obviously what we're talking about, guys bring a karmachatas, as long as I'm alive, I neglected to give myself a bris mila maybe yet. But at some point, but but maybe I will in a moment from now. So am I chayv karis for not doing it yet? Sorry, do we learn from Moshe Rabbeinu the karis? Where do we learn the karis out of? So that that's a pasuk. It's a pasuk in oh, Barzillai. Yeah, it says it says Aral uh, Zachar uh, that uh, a person that's an Aral uh, is chayv karis. We wouldn't learn from the fact that Hashem said to Moshe that he should be killed because he didn't give himself a bris. That it's like an instant thing. Um, yeah, I, yeah, we don't. We don't uh, it's, it's, like a, a it's a story. Yeah, we don't know. We don't know. But the pasuk says karis. But here's the question. Usually, when you have an avera, it's definitive. You did something wrong. You did have a desire. You did it. Definitive karis. Karim pesach. By sundown, you had to bring the karim pesach. Sundown comes. You didn't bring the karim pesach. Karis. But mila, it's open ended. Right? I have the rest of my life. I, yes, I should have a bris mila as a baby by the eighth day. Fine. Uh, my father didn't do it. This, the city didn't take care of it. I'm now an adult. I have to give myself a bris mila. And I should do it as soon as possible. But technically speaking, let's say I didn't do it as soon as possible. And I push it off till tomorrow, till tomorrow, till tomorrow. So Tysus is dealing with the question of like, so at one point can you definitively say, definitively say, I'm high cars. Maybe I'll do it tomorrow, and then if I do it tomorrow, I'm, I'm not chayv cars. And so, like, how do, how do we figure this out? Because again, what Tais is be- dealing with is that it seems from the Gemara that in terms of kares, mila fits all you know the qualifications like of a desire. That there is a legitimate chi of kares when the guy's. You know, think about it like this: the guy is trying, and theoretically in this Gemara, he's trying. He's like traveling to Yerushalayim with a carbon chatas because he wants to bring a chatas over the fact that he didn't give himself a bris mila, mm-hmm. right? So give yourself a bris mila, you won't be chayv kares, right? It's like, like and, and you're not chayv kares yet because you could give yourself a bris mila, or, or maybe you are. That's what Tyson is trying to deal with. It's so, also funny because the Kabbadisha, if someone's in Earl when they die, they get a bris dead. Yeah, no, so there is, but you, you can't say that that's, well, maybe, you know what? Maybe the body could, it just. So that's an interesting point. Maybe based on what we're going to talk about, that'll give an explanation because on a very simple level, there's no mitzvah in that. That's just. Maybe for the neshama, or maybe by tchias mesim. There is such an idea that, like by tchias mesim, we don't want him to get up embarrassed, right? So there's such an idea. So maybe that's where it's coming from. But maybe after you know, in a few minutes, we'll see that maybe the taka is some something more halachic than just you know that that. So let's see what Taisa says on Yudaladam and Aleph. Yeah, so it's different. Ask Lafukehani, Lafukehani. So if you see towards the end of it. Was it two, four, 
six lines before the end. Um, last couple words of the line, miu. You see, miu. So Tais says, miu, mimila kasha. His problem is brismila. Why is brismila, why is the Gemara just assuming as a simple, like as a double pashat, that mila fits the box of karis? Mimila kasha. Lamali kra. Why would you need, he's wondering why we need a pasha to tell me that you're not chayev chatas. I don't get it, says Tysus. Why is it so pashat that you're chayev karis and it fits avodazara in such a way? Right? You're never going to know whether the guy's chayev karis really until he dies. Because he could always give himself a bris meal in a moment from now, lift him at karis, and then you won't be chayev karis. So it's, again, so it's not like avodazara or karm pesach or Shabbos or anything like that where there's a definitive point in time where you can say, oh, now he's Chayv Kars. Mila, it seems to be that until he dies, he's not Chayv Kars. And then when he's dead, he's not bringing a Chattas anyway. So like, what's, you know, so it's never in a game. V'yesh Leimer. So says Taisus, what's clear from the Gemara, L'chor is, the L'aylam calls man shalaymal, aynish Kars alaf. What seems, says Taisus, what you see from this Gemara is, not like that assumption. That every single moment, or let's say every single day, the person has the mitzvah of giving himself brismila. If that day goes by, he legitimately violated the mitzvah of brismila, and he's chay of kares because of that day. It's true that if tomorrow he then gives himself a brismila, so he's no longer in violation of it, and the Rabbana Shalom will pater him, will give him a kapara, but you can't go back and undo the fact that yesterday you violated brismila and you were legitimately chay of kares. And therefore, so in other words, Taisus is saying that we, from, from this Gemara you see that there's two ways to think of Brismila, right? That's where, there's two ways to think of it in terms of the, the mitzvah and therefore the karis that comes of it. Taisus was assuming that the way to think of it is that there's a general mitzvah Brismila over the course of a person's life. You have to give yourself a Brismila. The best would be as soon as possible. If you don't do it as soon as possible, okay, at some point give yourself a Brismila. Well, if, if that's how you look at it, then at no particular point in a person's life can you say, oh, he violated the prohibition. He, he violated the mitzvah. I mean, I, I'm pushing it off. I'm, I'm a little bit behind, you know, I'm behind on schedule, whatever it is. I'm lazy. But if I do it tomorrow, then that's when I'll fulfill the mitzvah. So there, then, and it, now, if that's true, then again, then Tyson says then there's an issue with the Gemara because if, then, then I can never say while the person is alive that he violated the, pro, the mitzvah of Mila, Right? And therefore, I can't say that he's chayv kars. And then the problem is that it doesn't check that box, so why is the Gemara not raising that point? So it must be that from the Gemara, the fact that the Gemara is assuming that no, 100% he's chayv kars, and there's a real legitimate reason why the guy would bring a karm chatas, and there's other side issues why it's not similar to the Zara, is because no, it's not the shot that you have a mitzvah to, to give yourself a brismila once in your life, and you're just pushing it off. Every day is seen as an independent thing. Today you have a mitzvah to give yourself a brismila. Do that. You don't. You pass the day goes by where you didn't. Then you for sure violated the mitzvah of brismila, and you for sure have cars. It's true that if you give yourself a brismila tomorrow, so then the rabbanu shalom will potter you, and he'll, he'll take off the chi of cars that he, that was on you yesterday. But you have a legitimate chi of cars because of that. Therefore, there is a real possibility in the gemara's mind. Of saying that you could that you should bring a chatas for bris mila. The I maybe tomorrow I'll give myself a bris mila. That's true. But right now that I don't have a bris mila, I was I've been in violation of that mitzvah for the past uh, number of years, and that and I have and then there's a chiv karis on me. 
So therefore, that box, it does check. Says the Gemara, you don't bring a chatas because it doesn't check the other boxes. It does, it's not a losa say, or it's, not, it, it's more active as opposed to uh, negative. That's the point of the Gemara. But again, Taisus proves, again, the last line, the la'ilam calls man shleimol, aynish karasalav. That's Sakachu, you see from this Gemara, that as long as, as long as he didn't give himself rismila, he was in violation of the mitzvah for those times, and there's a legitimate chiv karis on him, and he has to now get rid of the chiv karis. But there was a chiv karis on him. That's Taisvis. This is not only Taisvis, this is also the opinion of the Ravid, okay? And it's, all, and it's based on this Gemara. It seems to be pretty clear, right? Because again, if you go the other way, it seems to be only two extremes, right? Either you say that every moment, you like tunnel vision, this moment, give yourself a bris mila, you didn't karis, okay? And then that means that now bris mila is similar to Havai Zara, where there's a legitimate chiv karis. And then the Gemara makes sense. Or, it's open-ended. Once in your life, just make sure you give yourself a brismila, and just don't, you know, the best is do it as soon as possible. But then at no point in life can you say the guy is in violation of the, of the mitzvah, and at no point in life can you say it's chayv kars, and then, and then the Gemara doesn't make any sense, because then the most glaring box that mila does not check is kars, right? Because kars only is after he's dead, and then it's irrelevant. The private says this also. In the beginning of, of Hilchas Mila, the Ravid, um, I'll share with you lines, it's, it's Mamish a, a line or two, but it's exactly what Taisa says. He doesn't bring like the source of this Gemara Makis, but uh, it's, you know, it's most likely that's, the, that's where he's coming from, just like Taisa said. The Ravid says like this. He's going on the Rambam, which we'll see in a, in a moment, which is, is not like this, and, and he says, Eim Tavlum. What the Rambam says doesn't make any sense. Rather... Rather, kol yoim oimid be'isarkaris. Rather, says the Ravid, no, no, Tysus is correct. This is how ty- this is the truth. Every single day is its own little universe. Right now, you have a mitzvah to begir bismillah. That day goes by, you violated the mitzvah bismillah, and you have a chiv karis on you. Maybe tomorrow you'll fulfill the mitzvah bismillah of tomorrow, and the rabbanu shalom rachmanis and take karis off, but you have karis on you. That's the that's again that's Tysus. That's the Ravid. It's based on this Gemara Makis, that the Gemara Makis is equating the Karis of Mila with the Karis of Avodazar. Okay, the problem is the Rambam. The Rambam's language is a little bit both. The Rambam in the beginning of Hilchas Mila says like this. He's talking about who has to give, like, who's the mitzvah on. So he starts off that first, you know, the father should give the, the baby bris Mila at eight days. If the father is neglectful of it, then the Bezdin, it's a responsibility of the Tzibor to make sure the babies of the community have a brismila. <laughs> Says the Rambam, Nisalimi Bezdin, if let's say the community doesn't take care of it, Falai Malo Aisai, they didn't give the kid a brismila. So Kisha Yigdal, then when the kid gets older, so who Chayv Lama Satsma, he has to give himself a brismila, he has to make sure he has to take care of it himself. The Chol Yoyim now here's the interesting, it says the Rambam, and every single day Shiyavar, all of, every single day that passes by, Mishayagda, once he, he's older, Falai Yamala Satsma, and he doesn't give himself a brismila. For every day that passes, he's neglecting the Mitzvah So, so far, it sounds like Taisvis and the Ravid. Every day, Mavatal Mitzvah. But says the Ravid, Aval Eina Chayev Kares, Ache Yomos, Vuarl Bemezid. But he's not Chayev Kares until he dies as an uncircumcised Jew. So, this is where the Ravid picks up on the Ram and says, I, One second, you just spoke two sides out of your mouth. You're telling me that every single day you're in violation of the Mitzvah. But then you're telling me, but you're not Chayev Kares until the end. Says the Ravid, One second. The Ramam is very meticulous with his words. That's not how you should have said it. 
what you should have said is that every single day you're in violation of the mitzvah and you're chayiv karis, and maybe the Rabbanu Shalom will potter you, right, if you end up giving yourself a brismila before you die. But the Ramah's language is a little bit on, on both sides. You're telling me every day you're in violation of the mitzvah, but you're not chayiv kares until the very, very end. What do you mean? The viola- chayiv kares comes because you violated the mitzvah. So if you violate the mitzvah, then that should result in kares. And if, you, and if you're not chayiv and kares until the end, it means you didn't violate the mitzvah. So which one is it? How could you disconnect the mitzvah from the punishment of the mitzvah? Well, it's a two-part mitzvah. Ah, uh, okay. So we're going to get there. Very good. You're getting to the answer. He's a smart guy. That's what you should know. No, he's a, yeah. So we're going to see. Someone so, but that's, to fill in. There you what? go. Someone to fill in if there was never There you go, exactly. No, but here's the, the question. Here's the question. Right, so which one is it? And it's a little bit, and it's a little bit funny because you, you have to say something, which we're going to get to, that there's some element of two aspects of it. But the Rambam's language is, is, is kind of strong. Every single day, mavatl mitzvah say. And... and, and and if you're mavadlim, it's a say, then, you know, then, then that should result in a chi of cars, but yet it's not kicking in until later. Kicks in when you can't do it anymore. Right, but then the question is why? If, you, I, if, if today I was, if the mitzvah is, is seen in that tunneled way, today, 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 then today there should be, and I, and I, and I certainly violated it today, then Tysus and the Ravid say, well, then I'm chi of cars. Then why not? You violated the asay. Yeah, and asay carries with it a punishment of cars. It's unique. In that, but it does violate, does carry cars. And the, by the way, not only is it a problem, just in the understanding of the Rambam that he's sort of on two sides. You do have the Gemara Makis. I mean, the Gemara Makis is also the Gemara Makis is equating the cars of Mila with the cars of of Avodah That when the guy wants to bring a chattas, it's because he's chayv cars. Well, again, so the the Rambam is saying is that you're not chayv cars until you're dead. There's two problems. Well, first of all, why is that? If you violated the mitzvah already a million times in your life. Then why are you not chayv karis already? Aleph, just within the realm of himself. And number two, the Gemara, then, then, that, then it doesn't check the, that box, and the Gemara Makis should make that point. So in, in, in like within the logic of the Rambam, there's an issue, and in the Gemara Makis, it's an issue. Isn't it just when a difference of one karis kicks in? So the, you, you, could, you could say that, but the Rambam's language is, ain't I chayv karis, actually. So you're not chayv. In other words, it sounds like, but the question is, why doesn't it kick in? Why does it not it's kick in? So then, like the like, so the Ravid would say, then language is that if you do do it, then you'll become putter, you'll become the, the, exempted from the karis. But you can't say the karis didn't kick in. If you violate the prohibition today, then the karis should kick in today. Maybe you won't be carried out. The Rebbeinu Shalom have Rachmanis and 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 alleviate you from the punishment of karis if you fulfill the mitzvah tomorrow. But if today you violated the, the mitzvah, then then the, then the karis should be on you. That's what Taisa says, that's what Ravid says. But they can't be different? Well, the question is, well, first of all, how do we explain it? What's the mechanics of it? And how does it fit with the Gemara Makis? That's the, that's the issue. Okay, but what Jamie said is, is I, I think, certainly, the Nakud are on the right path. When it comes to bris milah, <clears throat> here's, the, here's the point. You know, every day, when, every, whatever, whenever there's a bris milah, so we know that, like every mitzvah, there's, uh, there's a birchus of mitzvah, so you say a bracha before the mitzvah. Right, Asher Kishanu, Lenich Tefillin, whatever. So there's a bracha to say before Brismila, right? Asher Kishanu says, "Vanu al Mitzvah right? And the Moel is the one that says that because he's the one actually performing the Brismila. But then, as we know, right away the Moel always tells the father, "As soon as I'm finished the Brismila, you say another mitzvah. You say another bracha too. What's the bracha that the father makes? Asher Kishanu says, 'La'achnisai bebrisa shalavaravinu,' that I'm entering my son into the covenant of Avraham Avinu." 
<clears throat> so what bracha is that? I mean, you could say that that's just a, 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 a bracha of praise. <clears throat> but the words are, It sounds like a bracha So which one is it? <clears throat> so it's like this. There's different ways how to say it. So what I'll, I'll say in the way of how the Arab Salvechik uh, used to say it. Because there's different ways how to, how to express it. There's really, it's hard to say, two, there's, there's two sides, there's two aspects to bris milah. Like every mitzvah, there's, there's the act of the mitzvah itself. There's the mice of mitzvah. So there's the mice of Sheikh Mubin Esri, there's the mice of putting out tefillin, there's the mice of cutting off the arlo, there's the mice of bris milah. And that aspect of the mitzvah, which is the mice, that's the sort of human side of the mitzvah. That's what we bring to the table. What we bring to the table is the act. And that's the bracha that the Mayal is making, just like every human being before you make a bracha and so on. But here's the nakuda. The nakuda is that Mila is unique in the fact that you are not the only one performing the mitzvah bris mila. You initiate it and you have your side, which is the human side. But when you perform your act of maisa mila, then the Rabbi Shalom comes a partner with you to complete the process. Because besides Mila as being a Misa, there's also the general Indian that Brismila is supposed to accomplish, which is that now this child has come into a covenant with the Rabban Now, in order for a covenant for a bond to be made, it takes two to tango. So I have to do my part of the Misa Mila, but I have to trust that the Rabban Shalom said, you do your part, and I will do my part of bringing this child or this, this Jew into the covenant of Avram Avinu. This is why the, 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 the mitzvah that we make, Lachnisa, Bervisa, Shalom Avinu, is, 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 it's a birchas ha-mitzvah, in terms of, yes, it's a major part of the mitzvah brismila in the fact that not only is the act being done of giving this kid a bris, but now he's being entered into the covenant of, 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 bris, of Avram Avinu, which is a major part of what the mitzvah is, but it's, but it's really not your side of things. It's almost as if Hashem is performing the mitzvah brismila with you. His side of the process is bringing the kid into bris mila. Your side of the process is doing the act of mila. Now the truth is, it sounds a little bit funny, but this has roots in Chazal itself. Chazal say that when Avram Avinu, it's an amazing thing, when Avram Avinu was, he was, uh, he was 99 years old, and he's giving himself a bris mila, he's told to. So the measure says that Avram Avinu was nervous because he was already elderly, his hands were shaking. So he's a little bit concerned to do it. So Avram, the Rav Hashem said to Avram Avinu, you don't worry. You do your part, I'm going to do my part. I am, it's, it's, I'm going to hold your hand along with the process. <clears throat> says the Medrash, not only is that true by Avram Avinu's bris milah, says the Medrash, you should know that every single bris milah that's ever going to be from Avram Avinu follows that pattern. It looks like the moil is doing the bris, and certainly he's holding the knife, but you should know the Rabbanish Shloilam is also partnering with the moil in the performance of the bris. That's the measure says, just like Avram Avinu. That's why we even get like, you know, the Kisa Shalayo. It's like we're, we're acknowledging other forces at play. Every time you do a mitzvah, you have Siat Deshmaya, yeah? But it's different by Bris Mila. It's not just Siat Deshmaya. It's like there's something, there's a partner in the mitzvah. So why is that? I understand Avram Avinu needed help because his hands were shaking. But why does the average male that's nice and healthy and strong, why does he need help? He doesn't need help. The answer is, he does need help, because all you can do as a human being is your side of the mitzvah, which is the act of the milah. But the Rabbanu Shalom's part of the mitzvah, which is, I, can't, you know, I need the Rabbanu Shalom to take him in. 
The Rav Hashem said, I will take him in after you do your part. So that you can't do it to death. That you can't, well, here, here's an akuda. Step two. If the Rabban, by a human being, now we have sort of two sides to the mitzvah, right? There's two sides to the table, right? There's what I'm doing and the Rabban Shalom I'm doing. When a human being does something, this is where it gets a little bit funny, but when a human being does something, obviously we are limited to time and space, which means that when I'm doing it, I'm doing it right now. And I didn't do it a moment ago. I did it just now. But when the Rabbanu Shalom does things, we know, when the Rabbanu Shalom gets involved, the Rabbanu Shalom is not bound to time and space. Which means, it sounds a little mystical, but it's very posh. It means that when, as follows, Mila is done. When the Mayal does the bris Mila, in terms of the Maisa Mila, the aspect of the Mitzvah, which is the human side, when was the bris Mila done? It was done at, you know, 746 on uh, Tuesday morning, on Yud Gimel Shvat, whatever, that moment. Was it done... On Monday? No, it was done on Tuesday. But when the Rabbanu Shloylam is machnis, the child, into the covenant of Avram Avinu, it's not the shot that the Rabbanu Shloylam says, okay, from now on, you're going to be a Jew. Like, from now on, you're a Yid, and from now on, we have a bond. The Rabbanu Shloylam, when he gets involved and he enters this child into his covenant, it means that the child was always in the covenant of the Rabbanu Shloylam, and the Rabbanu Shloylam was just waiting for you to do your part for that truth of this kid being a Yid to be revealed. I mean, what's the shot? The kid is now a Jewish person from now on? No, the kid was always Jewish. He wasn't part of the Rabbanu Shalom's covenant until now. Once the Rabbanu Shalom enters him into that covenant, then it means that he was always in that covenant. No different than a convert, right? A convert also is the same process, right? Much even more extreme, right? He gives himself a bris a maya, whatever it is, he has a bris and then he's entered into the covenant of being a Jew. And according to the result, it means he's always a Jew. Practically, that practically, we can't relate it to it. Right? it doesn't, yeah, there's no practical ramification. But we're going to see, there is a, we'll see in a, in a second. But the concept is, is, is when the Rabbani, the Hachnosas Brisa Shalavar Mavinu is not going to be limited from oh, this moment on. It, it's, 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 a, it's, a, it's a revelation of who this person was always. Which means, when, uh, let's say a person, therefore, is neglectful in terms of giving the bris. Right? Let's, say the, let's go back to the case of the Rambam. The guy's an adult and he's, he's pushing off his bris milah. If at some point he, he gives himself a bris milah down the line 20 years later, right? so in terms of the mitzvah of the human being, he was, neglect, he was still in neglect of the mitzvah for 20 years. He was still in neglect of the mitzvah for 20 years. I can't say that for the past 20 years I had a bris milah. I didn't. But in terms of the Rabbanu Shloylam side of the mitzvah, which is Lachnisa Bavisa Shalavram Avinu, if at any point down the line I give myself a bris, it means I always had a bris. Where is the Chi of Karis coming from? Where, the Chi of Karis, is it coming because of the human side of the mitzvah? Is that the punishment of Karis because I was neglectful on my side? Or does Chi of Karis come because I, we were neglectful of Hashem's side? Now, obviously, it's not Hashem's fault that, that he didn't bring you into the bris, it was your own fault. But where is Karis coming from? The answer is, Karis is not coming from the Maisa mitzvah. The Maisa of bris milah is no different than any other mitzvah say. It's a chash of Indian, but we don't find Karis for that. The Karis is coming because this is a moment where you're able to be brought into Lachnis of Shalom the covenant of God, and you're neglecting that. And that is where Karis comes from. Automatically, you're chayv Karis. Karis means disconnected from God. That's what bris milah is about, connecting you to God. Which means, let's go back to the Rambam. What the Rambam is saying is different, very, very simple. 
every single moment in time, you certainly were violating the human side of not giving yourself a bris milah. Were you in violation because of that of the lachnis of I'm not sure yet. I'm not sure yet. If at any point in time later on you give yourself a bris, it means that you always were included in Avraham Avinu's bris and you never were chayv kars. But if you go through the course of your life without ever giving yourself a bris, then it's revealed to us and it becomes solidified to us that you were chayv kars every single day when you didn't give yourself a bris meal. You understand? In other words, the, the, the obligation of, of kares comes out of neglect of bris mila. But, how, but when were you neglectful of bris mila? I, the human side of bris mila, I'm certainly neglectful every day. The godly side of bris mila, I am neglectful every single day if I end up never doing it. Right? If I end up doing it at some point, then boom, then, then that part of the mitzvah retroactively is shown to have kicked in always in my whole, my whole life. I was part of Avraham Avinu's bris. But if I go through my entire life, then what? Then not giving myself a bris, then I could look back and I could legitimately say I was in violation of the mitzvah bris milah on Tuesday and on Wednesday and on Thursday. You follow that? Yeah, but why doctors that cars connected to Lachnis of the bris? So that, so, so, why? First of all, I think, I think, I think logically it kind of makes sense. If I'm going to think it's, it's much more of a larger, it's a larger thing. That's, what, that's where, you know, if you think about it, if, if these are the two quote-unquote exceptions to the rule, because usually for us says we don't have cars. It's Brismila and Pesach. What unifies those two things? I mean, in terms of the act, there's nothing to do with each other. Yes, I mean, there's, there's, there's blood involved in both, right? But, like what, but what the, the answer is, the answer is, they're both part of this Indian of entering into the covenant of, of Judaism. So much so, I think I mentioned this at one point, I can't remember when or where, but the, the, the Gemara has a possibility, a thought, we don't, ha- we don't hold like this, but the possibility of the Gemara is that if for a person to be a convert, he has to go to the mikveh, he has to give himself a bris milah, the Gemara has a possibility, he also has to bring a carbon Pesach. I, you know, in the middle of Teves. He has to bring a carbon Pesach. Whoa. The Gemara said, we don't pass them like that. Well, why, why would you bring a Karm Pesach? What does a Karm Pesach do with the Mila? The answer is, no, no, no. Because in the Indian of Lachnisa, Pesach and Mila are partners with each other. And so when we're talking about the Chi of Kares, it will, therefore I think it would be logical, that's probably where the Ram is coming from, or maybe there's more sources that I'm, you know, the Ram knew, that the Chi of Kares is a result of not, you're being, Kares is, is a result of being neglectful in the midst of Bris Mila. True, but there's two sides to bris milah. There's two parts to it. There's the human side, and then there's the the, the godly aspect of bris milah. And the, the truth is that the that the karis is really coming from being neglectful in the godly side. When can I say that I was neglectful in the godly side? I'll only know until after 120. But then after 120, when was I neglecting? Not once I'm dead. I was neglecting in, that, in the midst of bris milah every single day of my life. I just didn't know it yet. You understand? I didn't know it yet until the very end. So let's go back to the so the, back to the Rambam. This is exactly what the Rambam says that every single day, as the guy is, is an adult and his days are going by and he's not giving himself bris milah, he is legitimately being mavatel The human side for sure, the godly side of it, uncertain yet. He could be he was. We're not sure yet. But you're not chayv kares until the guy dies as an ROI, because only when he dies, it's not the pshat that then he's chayv kares. When he dies as an ROI, now I could say for certain 
that he was violating Mila his entire life. That's when I can say for certain. And therefore, go back to the Gemara. The guy is bringing a carbon chatas, right? The guy is bringing carbon chatas. So, so, so the question is, does Mila, and he wants to bring carbon chatas, why? Because he feels that he was in violation of the mitzvah and it carries with the kares, and it wants to, and it fits that box of the Zara. According to Ramam, yeah, you can fit that box, because guess what? If, if he continues on in his life, the course he's taking, then he's 100% in violation of kares. It's true that maybe when he gives himself a bris later on, it'll turn out that the moment in time that he thought he was chayv kares for, he wasn't chayv kares for. How was chayv he brought were for not? And maybe, that's true. But right now, right now, if things stay as they are, then he's legitimately chayv kares. He might change things later, but the change, if he ends up bringing a bris, uh, give himself a bris uh, next day or 10 years, whatever the case may be, so then it's true that it means that he was never in violation from the beginning, but at least at this moment, there's, 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 everything's in order to say that he's chayv kares. He might, he might change things, and the change doesn't change things from then on, it changes things retroactively, but, but that didn't happen yet. And right now he's chayv kares. And, 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 and certainly, Bezdin cannot say, no, 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 don't bring the karmachatas, you're not in violation yet. Bezdin says, like, no, we hear you. <laughs> you're talking chayv kares right now. Things might change. Things might change. And it might be shown that the karmachatas that you're trying to bring is not, was, wasn't necessary. Wasn't necessary. But Lamaisa, it would seem that you are chayv kares right now. You follow that idea? Mm-hmm. So this is the idea. So it's, it's unique mitzvah in which you're, 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 when you perform it later on, then it's not the shot that from that point on now you're potter. And it doesn't mean that, and it, no, I mean, you, you're, you're, it, it means that by performing the mitzvah later on, you're revealing that, the, that you were never, that you were, that you were in fulfillment of that side of the mitzvah the entire time. Now here's where, and, and, and because of that, because of that, like the Ramam says, you're not chayv kares until you die as an aral. That's true. But it doesn't take away, but once you die as, a, as an aral and things continue their status quo, then what happens? Then that meant that you were chayv kares every single day of your life. A legitimate chayv kares every single day. <clears throat> this is maybe why, when, Zach, when you mentioned that by, uh, by, uh, by a nifter, they give the guy a bris milah. So on a simple level, he said, it's just, you know, because uh, it looks nice, symbolic, whatever. But maybe it's not like that. Maybe if you take this idea and you extend it even further, well, maybe, maybe the 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 godly side of the mitzvah doesn't even doesn't expire. even expire, and it doesn't even need the human side to be fulfilled. Maybe there's such a possibility of there being the godly side of the mitzvah absolutely taken care of when the human side of the mitzvah was never taken care of. So after the guy is nifter, he never did a bris milah, right? But maybe if they give him a bris milah, maybe that'll take care of it. Who knows? I'll give you another example. There's a big machlokas in the Achreinim, whether, whether, all right, it's a little bit uh, technical, it's a machlokas between a lot of uh, big Achreinim, whether the mitzvah bris milah, does it require the milah to be removed? Or what if it's just, um, like, uh, what if the, if, if the milah is just revealed, and it's just pulled back, in a way that it's never going to flip over again. Let's say surgically, it's pulled back in such a way, but it's not technically removed. So, is that good enough? Is that good enough? It's a big machlokes. It's a big machlokes. It, it, it comes up with you know, Elaine, if there's any uh, you know issues 
when a baby's born, sometimes they'll they'll perform a bris in that way of not really removing it, but but uh, pulling it back in a way where it's not removed, but at least the the mila, at least the atara is revealed. So that's a big machlokes whether that's fulfilling to the mitzvah or not. You can make the argument again. We're just talking in theory right now, theoretics over here. But maybe that's another example of where you're sort of dividing it in half. In terms of the human mitzvah, which is mila, the word mila means to cut, right? So it's 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 hard to say that the mitzvah is anything but cutting, right? But in terms of lachnis avinu, maybe that mitzvah is not so much dependent on removing something. That's more dependent on revealing something that always was there. Because that's more reflective of what that mitzvah is. When the Rabbanu Shalom gets involved and brings you into his covenant, it means that you always were part of his covenant. So the mitzvah that's reflective of that might not be the removal of the Arla, but rather be the revelation and the revealing of the, of the, of the Atar that's beneath the Arla. So maybe that's also part of the discussion of Achreinim, of like, is that, is that brismila bayit? Can you, can you separate the two? You know? Can you say that there was the bringing of the covenant on the one hand and not the human side on the other? You know, which would create an interesting scenario, an afkamin, is that if that type of bris meal is performed, maybe the father should say the bracha, and not the, you know, of lachnis and but not the mitzvah, not the bracha of asher kitshanu al mitzvah mila. Okay, you know, it's a theory, you know, things like that. But, um, by the way, you should know, just a little bit on the side, we have to daven, but a little bit on the side, if that would be the truth, then it could very well be that that would cause embarrassment to the family. Like, people are like, why didn't they make the first bracha? Right? right, so the Ravad Yosef talks about this. It comes up, in the, it comes up more often than, than like, people know because it's it's it, if a person is in a situation of where not saying a bracha would cause embarrassment, but it happens with like you know let's say Yishev brachas, right? There are certain situations of the chassan and kal if they're more familiar with each other, right? Before the wedding, then technically Yishev brachas is not supposed to be said, but then if you don't say Yishev brachas, everyone knows about it and it's embarrassing. So Ravad Yosef as a principle. Saying a bracha that's unnecessary is only a darabana. It's not darais. It's only darabana. Darabanans are waived for embarrassment. So, practically speaking, you know, in those situations, you say shah brachas, and you know, the mitzvah brismi will be said just because, like, otherwise, you know, it would cause uh, un- you know discomfort to the family. But al kapanah, that, that's that's the the general idea of what we're saying over the years that the human side of the mitzvah. You know, again, going back, technically speaking, it's 100 percent true. Every single moment in time. That you violated the mitzvah sasei of brismila, that carries with it a chi of karis. And if you later on perform the mitzvah, the human side is still in violation. But the godly side of it is no longer considered to be violated retroactively. And so, practically speaking, the karis, which comes from the godly side of the brismila, practically speaking, we could only legitimately say that you were that you were chai of karis is if you go through the entire life without giving yourself a bris milah. And once that happens, then we go back and we say, oh, that, those moments you were chayv kars, not now that you're dead. Those moments you were chayv kars. So you can read that into the Tosos also? Theoretically, yeah. yeah, theoretically can be, yeah, yeah. Okay. That's, the, that's the chiddush of, of the Rambam. So when the guy's bringing a karmen chattis, he's thinking uh, legitimately right now, because right now, all the pieces are in place, that if things remain the status quo, he's taka chayv kars right now. He's taka chayv kars right now, we have no reason to think anything will change. So that's why. It's, uh, therefore, it would be legitimate for him to bring a karma chattas. Therefore, says the Gemara, he doesn't bring a chattas for side issues. It's an essay and whatever it is. But, uh, but in terms of karis, it's no different than any other uh, there. Okay. Shurayach. It's so funny that somebody can be 